Good afternoon, welcome to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. It's another nice winter afternoon, but it's not gonna be winter for too much longer. It looks like spring. Of course, we have had zero rain for quite a while, so hopefully we won't have another bad fire season and a bad drought, but you never know in Northern California, I've had quite a few clients who have moved out and one of them, one of the main reasons they moved is they get tired of worrying about the fires. They lived in Forest Ranch and there was many times where they were close to having a fire problem and they really got tired of it. And since he has the type of job where he can work from anywhere, he decided to move and they are now happily living in northern Idaho, even though it's cold and there's some snow. At least they don't have to worry about fires and so far so good. I told you a few weeks ago on Business Buzz about how California and I believe it was Illinois have lost more residents than any other state. So that was another case of California people who decided to leave, but just looking at the weather, it's pretty pleasant weather here, but hopefully we'll get some rain so there won't be too many uh, fire problems this season, but you never know. So business buzz, it's the middle of tax season. I took a little break so I could enjoy an hour of quietude and Glad you can spend part of your afternoon with me. I know things get really busy. I've got tons of work to do when I get done here. I thought I'd spend a little bit of time talking about about self-employed people because they are they're one of my biggest questions groups that ask me questions and it's usually the same a lot of them are brand new people to being self-employed so there's certain questions that everybody should know the answer to when they become self-employed number one i'm just kind of starting from the start with the things you need to do if you live in the city limits you actually are required to have a city of Chico business license. But if you don't live within the city limits, you may not have a lot of local registering to do. If you want to call your business a name other than your name, like John Smith Appraisal Service, If you don't want to use your name in the business name, then you're supposed to get what's called a fictitious business name from the county. And when you register your fictitious business name with the county, they send you back some copies stamped by them. It's probably done online now. It's been a while since I've done it. You take one of those copies to the enterprise record I'm not sure if the News and Review is even printing anymore, but you take it to a local paper and you publish to put everybody on notice that you're doing business as that business name. 
that licensing with the county as a fictitious business name allows the bank to open up an account with that fictitious name on the account. That's the importance of the fictitious business name. The bank won't open an account with anything but your name on it before you get that fictitious business name thing done at the county. So that's one of the preliminary things to do is the licensing and the fictitious business name. Once you have the bank account open, the main thing I tell people is to not not do anything outside of their own bank. So once you get that business bank account open, your initial deposit, obviously, if you're starting, you might have to put your own money in. Of course, that's not income, but that will show up as a deposit. But if you're in a type of business that's going to be profitable, as long as all of the business income gets deposited in the bank, that side of the equation, when it's time to do your income tax, you have all of your deposits minus any deposits that aren't income, like your initial opening deposit. And in case you have to feed more money of your own into the account in the first few weeks, those are not income. The main thing is, is that you want to get it to the point where that business's income equals that business's deposits. So if all of the income of the business goes into that bank as deposits, that's a real convenient way to make things work out when you're when you're going to do your income taxes. When the IRS does examine a tax return, I will say that is very rare these days. They're low on manpower and they have so many things automated with computer matching of income. They can they can really target what they want to examine. Examinations are very rare. If you do get examined, the first thing the examiner does is looks at all of your bank deposits in all of your bank accounts and makes sure there's an explanation for where those are all listed on the income tax return. That's why you want to have your bank account receive all of the business income, if possible. That way, at the end of the year, you can list your business income as the total of the bank deposits. In a perfect world, that's the easiest way. That way, you know that if anybody ever looks at it, they can match the bank deposits up against the income, and you are not short anywhere on your tax return. I know that the whole idea of somebody looking at your bank accounts is very intrusive. There is some sort of court case that says once you use a bank, the problem is they, the system sort of forces everyone to use banks. How can you really pay all your bills and take care of all your business without using a bank? The issue is they force you to use a bank Then the court case, I don't remember the name of this case, but it said something to the effect of, since you're using a bank, that's a third party and other people have the right to look at it. In other words, you're no longer 
in a privacy Fourth Amendment search search mode, you have opened up your business numbers to a, quote, third party. And so it's not very private. I disagree with that because the whole banking system forces you to use a bank account for most of your business. That's a whole nother topic and a whole nother subject. I won't go too far into that. But as a self-employed person, you want to have your income fully disclosed as deposits, which would match if the IRS ever examined it. If you have cash income, you should also deposit that. That way your deposits stay as your total income. As far as recording expenses, the other side of the equation, when you have income and then you have expenses, because you only pay tax on your net income, the amount that you clear, the profit. As far as the expenses go, it's best to try to have your expenses all come out of one bank account, hopefully the same bank account that the income goes in. And if you have a debit card and a checkbook, you can make sure that that bank gets used for your expenses. If you do want to use a credit card for business purposes, it's fine. You can charge that card, but then that's a second account that you have to go to to analyze what you spent. That's why it's it's nicer if you can if you can get everything just down into one bank account, your life will be a lot easier when it comes time to do your income tax and to calculate how much net income, which is what you pay tax on, you'll calculate how much net income you really made, which is income minus expenses. Now some of the things that aren't gonna show up there would be When you're in business for yourself, you're called a sole proprietor. If you drive your vehicle for business purposes and you keep a good mileage log of the odometer reading and what the purpose of the business travel was, that is deductible with a mileage rate. The mileage rate is somewhere around 56 cents a mile. It changes every year. Honestly, I haven't memorized it for 2022. That is a deduction in addition to all the checks and debits that you've spent on uh, materials and supplies, depending on what kind of business you're in. That's just a general idea of what you need to do if you are self-employed for the first time. People who decided to go into the business of being a DoorDash driver or an Uber or Lyft driver, they end up now being self-employed. I'm not sure what California's done with those. I haven't seen a lot of drivers this year yet in the tax season, but generally you're self-employed and you need to keep track of all your business miles. Of course, the payer of your income, Uber or Lyft or DoorDash, They will send a form in January to you that lists the total amount of money you've earned through them. And if you, if you're a driver and only working for say two companies, you could safely add the amount of those two. They're called 1099 NEC. If you add those 1099 amounts together, 
that should be your total income because those are the two companies that you generated income through. But against that, you're entitled to take your expenses, of which in the case of a driver, most of that would be the mileage rate based on the mileage on your vehicle. Uh, vehicles are a whole nother world. I could spend a whole business buzz talking about how vehicles get written off, but generally most people end up being better off using the IRS mileage rate, which I've just discussed. We're coming up on that first break. I appreciate you being able to take part of your busy day and listen to Business Buzz on a fine Chico winter afternoon. Stay tuned to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'll be right back. Henry Ford, the original titan of the automobile industry, believed in progress, innovation, and dramatic change. His Model T revolutionized American culture. But after 15 years of being the only car on the road, changes had to be made. The Model T just wasn't equipped to handle the new, faster-moving, paved roads. So how did this revolutionary man handle it when they tried to change the Model T? He looked at the shiny new red prototype and began attacking it. Ripping it apart with his bare hands. That's what Henry Ford thought of change. We all have a little bit of Henry Ford in us. We get fixated on something we like and we strongly oppose change. But accepting change is a healthy part of life. But like Henry Ford, we tend to want to tear apart anything that tries to change what we've grown to feel comfortable with. Some basic life principles should never change, but other things should change. We can embrace it and move ahead, or we can attack it. The roads of life are always changing. We need to change to keep up or get left behind in the dust. This is Life Radio, KKXX, AM and FM. I don't know any passage in the Bible that's more convicting than this. Do you love people like you do yourself? You willing to take care of them like you take care of yourself? Powerful. David Hockey shares more about the greatest commandment this week on Hope for Today. Tune in for Hope for Today weekdays at 8 a.m. here on KKXX. When life hits us hard, we begin asking hard questions, and we need real answers. Suddenly, the laughter of the sitcom seems so shallow, and sappy love songs offer no real hope or direction. But piercing through the static of entertainment comes a glimpse of clarity. Here we are, a radio station with answers. Most entertainment helps you escape reality. We help you face it with hope, peace, and answers that come from God. Lock it in here for Real Life Answers. You're listening to Live Radio, KKXX, AM and FM. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No, I'm asking questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry, I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Do you know why policemen have guns and badges? Because the government has a duty to protect the lives of innocent human beings. That's what the right to life is. When Roe v. Wade came down, it was much more than about babies. The suspension of the right to life means we're all at risk. 
Find out more on Life Matters here on KTKZ Sundays at noon. Listen Saturdays at 6 on KKXX. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA, smack dab in the middle of tax season. But I always have time to take a little break and try to make Business Buzz an interesting show. It's quite a tax season. They haven't really come out with a lot of weird new laws during tax season like they did last year, but... I wanted to get back to the subject of self-employed since I started with that today. There's a lot of things you can do with self-employed income. If you start making good self-employed income, there's ways to reduce your total tax. There's ways to, you actually, when you're self-employed with net income, you actually get to write off your health insurance premiums where some people can't, but self-employed people quite often can. There's ways to put quite a bit of money into retirement accounts. And if you make a lot of money as a business owner, there's ways to put very large amounts away into retirement accounts. The problem with those is you have to put those in, quote, investments, end quote, that the government approves of, such as stocks, bonds, mutual funds, You can't always invest in what you really want to. We'll be talking about that a little more on Business Buzz as far as how these investments end up working in times of, let's just say, stress to the system. Things happen and uh, they can be sort of unexpected, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But as far as being self-employed, I've been self-employed most of my life. I'm glad I am because of the flexibility it allows for my scheduling. If I need a three-day weekend, I can schedule it and take it. The problem is, as my dad used to say, as a tax guy in Oakland, California all those years, when the pencil drops, the income stops. If you're self-employed and you have to work to earn a living like I do, There are ways people have figured out to make what's called passive income, but I honestly haven't really worked toward that end during my career. So it's pretty true for me, too. When the pencil drops, the income stops. I need to keep working. I enjoy the work. I like helping people. Doing taxes is fun because pretty much everybody you meet has some sort of tax question or situation. I think it's a great business myself. If I had a young, if I had a child going to college and they were saying, you know, I really don't know what field I like. I don't know what I want to do. I would at least hope to recommend or at least hope that they at least look into possibly doing a business degree, possibly an accounting degree and possibly becoming a CPA and Accounting's fine, but I prefer the tax side of it. It's a direct help to people, and I really enjoy being able to take somebody's tax information and 
really work it to where I know I'm getting them the lowest legal tax liability. It's it's almost fun to do. Of course, I get so busy and I get so many things stacked up in my on my plate that it's a little stressful because I need time to do them all. The main point is, is that it's a very rewarding occupation when you can help people to save tax. And I, I do enjoy that. Enough about income tax. I'll be dealing with that for another, I've got about five weeks left in the tax season. A little, just about exactly five weeks. And Oh, I got a lot of work cut out for me, but that's okay. I'm used to it. I've been doing this now for 42 years since I graduated from Chico State with my accounting degree. I'm used to it. My dad had tax season my whole life. My brother, who became the orthopedic surgeon, was into skiing, so he knew he didn't want to be a tax hack because your wintertime is tied up with tax season. I ended up not enjoying skiing. In fact, I don't like snow and I don't like driving in the snow. That missing the winter time to be able to drive up in the snow, it never bothered me at all to miss that. I don't miss it at all. I purposely avoid snow whenever possible. So one of my other favorite topics, as you know, if you listen to Business Buzz, is precious metals. We are at a point, I've gone over it so many times on this show, I don't want to overdo it. Has anybody heard about what happened to the nickel market? Nickel is a metal. It's called a base metal. It's like nickel and copper and tin. Nickel is a metal that is actually traded on an exchange like gold and silver and platinum and palladium. If you're not aware of what happened with nickel, I'll be talking about that in a few minutes. But first I wanted to talk about silver a little bit. This is an article from September 29th of 2020. So it's about a year and a half old. And it's the United States Attorney's Office, District of Connecticut. And it says, because I've been harping on business buzz for quite a while, that the prices of silver, especially silver, is completely manipulated and has been probably for about 150 years. And this article is titled JP Morgan Chase and Company agrees to pay 920 million dollars in connection with schemes to defraud precious metals and US treasuries markets. So if you've been watching CNN and NBC news, were you aware that JP Morgan Chase, the largest bank in the country, has paid almost a billion dollars because they defrauded the precious metals markets. I thought you might not have heard that. That's why I wanted to bring this up. I'm just going to read a little bit of this. 
J.P. Morgan, a New York-based global banking and financial services firm. Oh, they make them sound so fine and upstanding, don't they? Firm. Has entered into a resolution with the Department of Justice to resolve criminal charges related to two distinct schemes to defraud. The first involving tens of thousands of episodes of unlawful trading in the markets for precious metals futures contracts. And the second involving thousands of episodes of unlawful trading in the markets for U.S. Treasury futures contracts and in the secondary cash market for U.S. Treasury notes and bonds. So I just wanted to point out that all these these highly respected big companies that people are in awe when they hear their large numbers of assets and all that, They're basically being run by just a bunch of criminals. I'll be back with Business Buzz after this break. Stay tuned. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I appreciate you spending part of your day with me. I will be right back. It's a bright new day. The sun is shining, the birds are singing, and there's never been a better day to try Mount Shasta spring water. Hi, I'm Bob the Drop. I come from a protected spring at the base of Mount Shasta. I'm bottled at the source. It doesn't get more cool and refreshing than that, and it's delivered right to your door. Yep, pure and simple, naturally the best. Start your bright new day by calling 1-800-922-6227 to order some of the best tasting water on the planet. Mount Shasta spring water. Just for a moment, consider how much you pay each month for cable or satellite, video rentals, or for a movie in the theater each month. Or how about each year? Let's be honest, how often do any of these really have positive messages? Now consider that we as a station bring you positive entertainment, encouragement, and ministry 24-7. What is that worth to you? If every listener gave just a few dollars to our program, our ministry would grow exponentially. We would like to thank all of our listeners for financially supporting our teaching and talk program. Tell your friends about Life Radio, KKXX, AM and FM. Nothing hurts my mom that she showed anyway. She'd always say, you do what you need to do to take care of yourself. But she thought that meant she had to do it on her own. We were trained to help others, but there's strength in finding help for yourself, too. We're in this together. The VA Women Veterans Call Center connects veterans with personalized information on VA services that can make a difference. Call 1-855-VA-WOMEN or visit www.womenshealth.va.gov. When life hits us hard, we begin asking hard questions, and we need real answers. Suddenly, the laughter of the sitcom seems so shallow, and sappy love songs offer no real hope or direction. But piercing through the static of entertainment comes a glimpse of clarity. Here we are, a radio station with answers. Most entertainment helps you escape reality. We help you face it with hope, peace, and answers that come from God. Lock it in here for Real Life Answers. You're listening to Life Radio, KKXX, AM and FM. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Right in the middle of another tax season, I appreciate you spending a little time with me in your busy weekday afternoon. 
As far as business and local business, I have lots of clients I'd like to have as guests on the radio, but this time of year, it's just so hard for me to even get this hour away to do the show. It's it's just not easy. I love doing it, and that's why I'm here. So I try to get you some education, some entertainment. Hopefully, you know, the main thing I like to do is to kind of wake people up and realize that 90% of what they hear isn't true. I'm amazed every day I talk to people all the time and the things that they come up with, that they they buy hook, line, and sinker when they hear these stories. And I do a little bit of digging, and I don't dig that much. I'm not a true journalist that's spending eight hours a day digging and digging. I just read a lot of alternative uh, people who have done the digging and they do the digging and they send you a link where you can read it for yourself. That's the whole idea. People who have the time to do it are doing tons of real journalism. It's not that hard to become educated. I am shocked at the level of ignorance of a very high percentage of the people I talk with. They honestly have no clue of some of the things that are actually going on. That's why on Business Buzz, I could talk local business, and that's fun. And after tax season, I will do that. My point is that I am really interested in other things. And one of my main goals is to at least make you think that there may be a alternative information that you haven't even heard and I just encourage you to look it up and learn. I spent the entire show last time on Business Buzz just listing places you can go to learn things for people who really do spend a lot of time researching that you will not hear anywhere else. I encourage you to look up those places that I mentioned last time and start learning what's really going on because I'm shocked at some of the level of knowledge the people I talk with. I'm not acting superior here. I'm just saying, think, think, open your mind, think a little bit. Quit buying into whatever you're you're told. So I'm going to continue here with this JP Morgan 920 million. That's almost a billion dollars. So I'm going to keep reading a little bit. J.P. Morgan entered into a deferred prosecution agreement in connection with a criminal information filed today. You know, the way they do all these words and these semantics, they really make it sound very, they make it sound very plain vanilla and innocent, but it's not. Today, charging the company with two counts of wire fraud. So out of all these thousands of incidents, They charged him with two counts of wire fraud. Under the terms of the agreement, J.P. Morgan will pay over $920 million in a criminal monetary penalty, criminal disgorgement, and victim compensation. Now, remember that words, those two words, because I'm going to come back to that in a minute. And victim compensation with the criminal monetary penalty credited against payments made to the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, CFTC, under a separate agreement with the CFTC being announced today and with part of the criminal disgorgement 
credited against payments made to the Securities Exchange Commission under a separate agreement with the SEC being announced today. I'll just read a little more and then I'll tell you my opinion of this. Not that it matters. <laughs> Nobody really listens to, uh, to basic people. For over eight years, traders on J.P. Morgan's precious metal and U.S. Treasury's desk engaged in separate schemes to defraud other market participants that involved thousands of instances of unlawful trading meant to enhance profits and avoid losses. I'm not even going to mention the name of the Assistant Attorney General because I don't even care about these people. Today's resolution, which includes a significant criminal monetary penalty, compensation for victims, now keep that in mind, and requires J.P. Morgan to disgorge its unlawful gains, reflects the nature and seriousness, oh, oh, I'm scared, seriousness of the bank's offenses and represents a milestone in the department's ongoing efforts to ensure the integrity of public markets critical to our financial system. J.P. Morgan engaged in two separate years-long market manipulation schemes. Not only will the company pay a substantial financial penalty and return money to victims, but this agreement requires J.P. Morgan to self-report violations of the federal anti-fraud laws and cooperate in any future criminal investigations. I thank the FBI for its dedication in investigating these deceptive trading practices and other sophisticated financial crimes. So that's all I'm going to read out of that article because to me this is... It goes into some detail about how they crooked everyone, but here's my point. Where is the compensation to people like me who trade, who trade in metals and can't make a profit when the markets are completely artificially manipulated by naked short selling, which I've explained before, basically these crooked banks every day sell, and I used quotes around that, they sell paper, silver, and gold equivalent to in the silver, in the silver market instance, equivalent to about a half of the world's entire silver mining production for the whole year, they, quote, sell that much silver every day in the paper markets to keep the prices down. I've gone over this before. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. All I'm saying is where is my victim compensation the fact that they've been crooking the price of silver for all these years after I've been uh, I've been long, they call it long when you buy, short when you sell. I've been long silver for years. I really haven't made much money at all because of these crooks who manipulate the price downward. And if they're paying $920 million to the CFTC and the SEC, that's where the actual crooks reside. Because they're the regulators, they're the regulators who are supposed to be regulating these crooked markets, and they aren't. It's amazing to me 
how in our world the crooks own everything and the regular people are subject to all of these other, you know, problems and we, you know, it's not even easy to make ends meet with gas being over six dollars, but the crooks just keep crooks be crooking, that's all I can say. So I'm Harold Littlejohn CPA in the middle of a tax season. I'll be right back on Business Buzz after this break. Stay tuned. With home mortgage rates still near historic lows, now is a great time to buy or refinance. Michael Humes is your one-stop mortgage lender. Michael Humes and his knowledgeable staff are well-versed in a wide variety of loan types, including FHA, Fannie Mae, USDA, HomePath, and HARP. For a free evaluation of your mortgage needs, call him, 530-624-7942. That's 530-624-7942. Be sure to listen to Michael's Mortgage Market Update every Wednesday at 2.30 on Your Home Today. This is Michael Humes, Mortgage Specialist at Network Mortgage, located at 155 East 3rd Avenue. Nonetheless, license 230273. BRE license 01250862. Employed by Network Mortgage. BRE license 01840139. NMLS license 358237. Equal housing opportunity. From the Pacific Justice Institute, this is The Legal Edge. Defending your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. Here's Brad Dacus. Pacific Justice Institute recently filed suit against California's West Contra Unified School District after the district was attempting to enforce a COVID-19 vaccine mandate on students. In California, school districts have no authority to create their own vaccine mandates. After being initially defiant, the school district backed down in the face of our lawsuit. In addition, PJI will continue to battle against a bill now pending in the legislature to mandate COVID-19 vaccinations in schools statewide. PJI provides legal representation without charge. Get exclusive email updates by registering for The Legal Insider at pji.org. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. The Bible, our foundation. This is Ken Ham, CEO of the Noah's Ark Attraction, the Ark Encounter, south of Cincinnati. What's your foundation? Okay, what do I mean by that? Well, we all have an ultimate authority, something we base our thinking on and interpret the world through. For many people, that standard is themselves, their own wisdom or feelings. But we can't trust our sinful hearts. They'll quickly lead us astray. Instead, we must start our thinking with the ultimate authority, the Word of God. God's perfect, flawless, unchanging Word should be our starting point. 
That means we build our worldview from God's Word and we test our own thoughts, opinions, and feelings against God's Word to see if they're right or wrong. We're not the authority. God is. Plan your visit to the Ark Encounter when you go to our website at AnswersRadio.com. Travel here to tour the life-size Ark, visit the zoo, and more. Go to AnswersRadio.com. Be sure to listen to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries, Monday through Fridays at 10 a.m. on Life Radio, KKXX, AM 930 and FM 104.5. Weekdays at 10 a.m. and Saturday morning at 8 here on KKXX. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. America, bless God. Fellow Americans, your hearing this admonition establishes that you are one who cares for the America that has been so blessed by Almighty God. We implore you to embrace the laws of nature and of nature's God, to read and know the Constitution. Join with other moral and religious people and organizations to foster the blessings of liberty for ourselves and our posterity. America bless God. God has abundantly blessed America. Our founding fathers knew and understood the laws of nature and of nature's God that prosper a people in harmony with them. Most assuredly, people that seek first God's ways of universal righteousness, spiritual prosperity, create the environment of peace, harmony, and blessing that naturally pave the way to material prosperity. America Bless God. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I would say please call me for your tax needs, but I have to be honest, I'm to the point where I'm telling anybody calling now that As long as they're okay with me putting their income tax on extension, I might be able to help them, but I cannot guarantee any more taxes getting done on time by April 15 because I have just too many to do. It's been an interesting tax season to say the least, but there comes a time where I can only do so much. I've been doing this now for 40 two years and I do enjoy it, but you can only do so many. It's like a, you know, it's like putting how many college students can fit into a phone booth. There's only so many that you can fit in and I can only do so many taxes, but I do what I can. I enjoy it. I like saving people. I like getting people low tax bills if I can. I try not to overcharge them for my service. I don't think I'm the cheapest, but I know I'm not the most expensive. I've seen some bills from prior years from other locations of tax prep, and there's some pretty high-priced services going on in other areas, but Chico's still a reasonable place, except, think about it, if gas is almost $6 a gallon... Should tax preparation not go up by 50% also? 
I'll leave that up to you. You you can vote with your pocketbook, as they say. I do know that the mass tax prep places like H&R Block and Liberty Tax, they're not inexpensive anymore. They used to be the inexpensive alternative maybe 20 years ago. These days, they just aren't. They're, they're not inexpensive at all. But this time of year, now that it's the middle of March, if you're okay with an extension, you can give me a call. But right now, I just can't take on too many more new ones. It's just too much work. So I brought another article that I thought I'd mention because I teased you earlier with the, I asked you, are you aware of what happened in the nickel world last week? I'll try to give you a brief summary of the nickel market. It's a manipulated market where people quote hedge and they sell producers who mine nickel will sell their nickel at a certain price. So would you expect that if the price of nickel overnight shot up by almost basically triple, if the price of nickel tripled when Russia, all these sanctions, I'm not going to get into the whole bioweapon lab problems in Ukraine. Probably next week I'll do that. To make a long story short, the price of nickel shot up from something around $30,000 a ton to over $100,000 a ton. It basically broke the market at the London Metals Exchange and they have stopped the they've stopped the nickel market from trading since I believe a week ago today. And it did not reopen this week. Now, this uh, this is early in the week. As of now, that nickel market did not reopen. But here's the problem. And the reason I'm pointing this out is this, uh, this is a precursor to what's going to happen in the paper gold and silver markets. That's why I wanted to point this out. So I'm going to read part of this article. And here's what's going to happen if you're in the paper, gold, or silver market. Uh, I'm not in the paper market, but you might try to be. So this article is called Soviet Metals Exchange. LME, which is London Metals Exchange, irks irks traders by freezing nickel market, reversing $4 billion in trades. The London Metal Exchange has enraged some of the world's most influential electronic traders after it shut down its nickel market and unwound thousands of deals in response to a spike in the price of the metal. Months after the 145-year-old exchange upset its traditional users by considering an end to raucous in-person dealing, The LME this week shut down its nickel trading, a market where it sets global benchmarks in a move last seen in tin in 1985. The crisis measure came after the metal's value more than doubled in two days to a record above $100,000 a ton as a large bet against the nickel price left the tycoon behind Xingshan Holding Group 
China's leading stainless steel group facing billions of dollars in potential losses. So I'll just interject here. It sounds like the exchange shut everything down and basically backed out all of the trades to save this company billions of dollars in losses. Now, let me see. If I was trading as a little guy with a couple thousand bucks in my TD Ameritrade and I lost my $2,000, could I get them to reverse my bad trade that lost me my money? I doubt it. But the exchange also canceled 5,000 nickel trades that had been executed on last Tuesday, worth nearly $4 billion. Mark Thompson, vice chair of Tungsten West and a long-standing trader on the LME, estimated the exchange had wiped out $1.3 billion of profit and loss on the deals. It was, quote, in the interests of the market as a whole, the LME said. First, I'd like to just ask you guys, did you hear about this on CNN or NBC or CNBC or MSNBC? Probably not. Some market participants say that in effectively scrubbing the day from the record books, the exchange crossed a line. Not only did the LME fail to manage the risks, but it also picked a side when it should be neutral, they say. In a series of posts on Twitter, Clifford Asness, founder of the $140 billion fund AQR, described the LME as slime balls. This was, he said, the first time he had been told, you don't get your legitimate profits because, gee, someone else, a broker who didn't manage things so well, might suffer. And this guy said, I'm accusing the LME of reversing trades to save your favored cronies and robbing your non-crony customers. The LME denied that parent company, uh uh-oh, Parent company Hong Kong Exchanges and Clearing had influenced its decision. Ooh, now that's, that's, that's scary. The owner of the London Metal Exchange, and I didn't even know this till I just read this. I got to look this up now. This is a whole nother business buzz coming up. The owner of the London Metal Exchange is Hong Kong Exchanges and Clearing. And they, they're the ones who decided to save the Xingshan Holding Group of billions of dollars in losses. Now, I'll tell you, uh, all I can tell you is that this complete, this system that we're living in and we're participating in, if you choose to try to participate is so filthy, dirty, and crooked that it's not even funny. And this is a perfect example. So I'm glad I brought that up. Honestly, I didn't even know that. I hadn't read this whole article that closely. Unbelievable. So I've only got a few minutes left. I can't handle all this. I can't handle the crooks. They run everything. They own everything. It's like, think of it this way. 
Think of a small town where the mob moves in. They bribe, blackmail, or whatever they do, probably blackmail, using children. So the mob moves in, and they blackmail the district attorney, the chief of police, the city council... Will you ever, ever get anything fair in that community again? The answer is no. It was a rhetorical question. That's basically what's happened to our entire system over the last, I I don't know, 70, 100, probably 110 years since since the Titanic sunk, since the income tax started, since the Federal Reserve began. That's what you're facing. You're facing a completely criminal system where almost all of the people in charge are either bribed or blackmailed and they're being run like puppets by criminals. It's not a it's not a pretty sight. So in response to that, I'm going to spend the last couple minutes reading part of Course in Miracles, Chapter 31, Section 6, Recognizing the Spirit. Because you know what? If I don't, I, I, don't know if I, can, I don't know if I can get through the rest of my day. You see the flesh or recognize the Spirit. There is no compromise between the two. If one is real, the other must be false. For what is n- real denies its opposite. There is no choice in vision but this one. What you decide in this determines all you see and think is real and hold as true. On this one choice does all your world depend, for here have you established what you are as flesh or spirit in your own belief. If you choose flesh, you never will escape the body as your own reality, for you have chosen that you want it so. But choose the Spirit, and all heaven bends to touch your eyes and bless your holy sight, that you may see the world of flesh no more, except to heal and comfort and to bless. Salvation is undoing. If you choose to see the body, you behold a world of separation, unrelated things, and happenings that make no sense at all. Like the LME and the Hong Kong Exchange Company that owns it. This one appears and disappears in death. That one is doomed to suffering and loss. And no one is exactly as he was an instant previous, nor will be the same as he is now an instant hence. Who could have trust where so much changes, change is seen? For who is worthy if he but be but dust? Salvation is undoing of all this. For constancy arises in the sight of those whose eyes salvation has released from looking at the cost of keeping guilt because they chose to let it go instead. Well, that's all I have time for today. That that helps. I'm so sick of these crooks, but anyway, that's the world we live in. Thanks for listening to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA, in the middle of tax season. 
I'll be back next week. I appreciate you spending some time with me. Have a great week. <laughs>